The Connection Podcast, connecting you to the life of the church community within the parish of Yate and the Froomside Benefice. Hello and welcome back to The Connection. This is an extra edition where we've recorded the audio from a recent 6.30 praise. A slight disclaimer, unfortunately the audio wasn't fantastic of the music that was captured from our live band, so I've placed the music that would have been sung into the podcast. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to us here at The Connection Podcast. We know that there's a lot of people out there with many different podcasts available, uh, but we're really grateful that you come along and listen to The Connection Podcast. It's a great way of trying to stay connected with what goes on within Yate Parish and within the Froomeside Benefice. Uh, We are available on all good podcast platforms, not only, of course, on our website, but, of course, on platforms like uh, Amazon, uh, Apple Podcasts, and, of course, Spotify, just to name a few. Talking of podcasts, let me just introduce to you a brand new podcast that's been brought to you by Father Ben Thompson. If you've ever felt disconnected from church or just want a short reflection to help you get through your busy week, then the Homilets podcast may well be the thing for you. Each episode is a short five-minute reflection on the lives of Christians from history, linked to scripture and recorded during weekday communion services by Father Ben Thompson in the Froomside Benefice. Learn from our sibling Christians who have gone before us and be inspired to walk the path they trod in following Christ in your own daily life. You can find the Homilets podcast by visiting homilia.substack.com forward slash podcast. That's homilia.substack.com forward slash podcast. Or by searching for Homilets on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Join us as we reflect and learn together to become the saints God has called each one of us to be. So on this extra The Connection podcast, we are jumping straight into the 6.30 praise service that was led by Charlie and the speaker was Paul. Hello and welcome to you all this evening. This is a funny night here. Hang on. Is that better? Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, welcome to you all with you in number again, but never mind. Um, I mean, I thought about what I was going to say at the beginning, and, you know, as much as it pains me to talk about the rugby, <laughs> I think we'll just give, we'll just say rugby. Look, let's just put it out there. I'm not going to say any more or any less. I'd say, is the rugby on? It pains me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I'm still in denial about that right now. Anyway, I had to say it. Someone else was going to say it. We just had to do it. Um, so this evening we are, have got Paul speaking for us. We are continuing in our, our um, sermon series of Joshua. 
Um, and I guess I think I'll do a little shout out. Hello to to the podcast people. I don't know why I'm waving. You can't see me. I'm just looking at the speaker. There we go. I say hello to them. Um, we've we've been recording this evening. It's nice to welcome other people. But come and join us in church. Uh, thank you, everybody uh, who has made tonight possible in extra quick time because uh, things happen and I know that you've all had to work super quick to get ready and we really appreciate that so thank you all thank you for the lovely teas and coffees and cake even though I was still here at six o'clock I still didn't manage to have cake but you know we'll, we'll get some on the way out yeah. and thank you Anna to you as well let's start this evening with a prayer Heavenly Father, we gather here in your presence today with open hearts and minds. We're here to worship and praise your holy name. We ask you to bless us and bless this time of worship so that we can all be lifted and inspired by your presence. Fill us with your love and grace and help us to honour you in all of that. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to invite Paul up for a little... Spoiler. Well, as Charlie said, we're, we're continuing in Joshua, and tonight it's all about stones. Uh, if I mention the word stones, what does that mean to you? Big Jagger? <laughs> Drugs? <laughs> Bits of things you throw at people? I don't know. Anyway, we'll find out a little bit more about these two piles of stones uh, in, uh, in the book of Joshua. Uh, and we won't talk about the rugby. Absolutely. Okay, thank you. Um, I'm going to sit down and hand over to you before I get myself in trouble. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Paul and for all that she he brings to us in the parish of Yeats. Be with him this evening as he shares your word. And we just invite the Holy Spirit to come amongst us all and open all of our hearts and minds to receive that word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I said just now, we are continuing in our study of uh, Joshua. And tonight we're looking at uh, Joshua 7 and 8. Uh, and the top title I've been given is Two Piles of Stones. Two Piles of Stones. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> it will become clear as we go through what these two piles of stones are and what they mean. Last week, Wanda took us uh, through the Battle of Jericho, remember? Uh, and uh, uh, some of us attempted to sing the song. Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. And at the end uh, of that chapter, we read that the Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout the land. Now, as a result of what happened at Jericho, the people were full of confidence. You can imagine them saying, well, gaining possession of this land is going to be dead easy. It's going to be a walk in the park. Onwards to the next city. Bring it on. The next city was a place called Ai, which was about 12 miles away. Full of confidence, Joshua sent out some spies to check out the city. And the spies came back and reported... Don't bother sending a lot of people. Two or three thousand men are enough to defeat AI. Don't wear out the whole army. There aren't that many people there. You can afford to arrest the 18. Send out some subs. Give them a bit of battle experience. It's going to be easy. And so that's what's happened. About 3,000 men went up to AI to fight. Even if you don't know the story, you might guess what's going to happen next. Disaster. Absolute, unmitigated disaster. The enemy was, uh, the, sorry, the army was chased away from AI. And about 36 men were killed. What had gone wrong? Why the rout? We read that the hearts of the people melted and Joshua tears his clothes and throws himself face down on the ground before the Ark of the Covenant, that Ark that signified uh, God's presence. And he cries out, Alas, Sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? Why have you brought us here? Look what's happened to us. If only we'd been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan, he said. Pardon your servant, Lord. 
What can I say? Now that Israel has been routed by its enemies, the Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this and they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? You capture the sense of what Joshua was feeling. Yeah? He was completely devastated. And, and he sort of said, basically, why has this happened to us? Why have you brought us here? We thought we were doing the right thing. Now look at us. I suspect some of us have had that same sort of feeling. Yeah? Why is this happening to me now? What's going on? What's happening? There's a real sense of panic, isn't there, in Joshua? Why did we ever start this journey? Says Joshua. Now, how did God respond to this cry from the heart? The first thing he does is tell Joshua to stand up. What are you doing flattening your face? Get up. Face forward. Let me tell you why you have failed. What did I tell you, says God to Joshua, what did I tell you to do when you captured Jericho? Now, what God had told them to do, apart from walk around the walls seven times, was that he told them that they were to capture all the plunder, all the gold and silver and anything else that's valuable, and bring it back and to put it into the treasury. Right? Put it into the treasury. And it was going to be used to rebuild the land. And eventually, hundreds of years later, it was part of that would have been used to build the temple and so on. So that was the command. Bring it all back and put it into the treasury. But God says, somebody's been disobedient. That's why you lost the battle. There's disobedience in the camp. This person says God needs to be found and to be punished before you do anything else. And so the following day, following God's instructions, Joshua discovers that a man called Achan had taken some of the plunder from Jericho and he'd hidden it in his tent. He buried it underneath his tent, lifted up the ground sheet and buried it underneath his tent. And when he's asked by Joshua, why did you do this? Achan says this, when I saw the plunder, a beautiful robe from Babylonia, two kilos of silver, not an insubstantial amount, yeah, and a bar of gold weighing about half a kilo, <coughs> I desired them and I took them. You see, it all started with a look. It all started with a glance, or to be more precise, a couple of looks. Achan looking at the silver and the gold and so on wasn't a problem. After all, how was he to get the stuff? How was he to identify the plunder if he didn't look? He didn't go walk around with his eyes shut, did he? The problem came when he gave it a second look, and possibly a third, swiftly followed by a, a checking to see if anyone was watching, before taking the stuff for himself. And then came the cover-up, the deceit, the lies and so on, as he got this stuff away from 
Jericho back to his tent. Imagine a conversation with his wife and his family when he got this stuff in the tent. You, you know, half a kilo of gold, two kilos of silver and a big gown isn't something you just stick in your back pocket, is it? Yeah? The American writer Mark Twain is said to have said this, uh, this statement, made this statement once. He said, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Meaning that if you tell a lie, you have to remember what lie you told and to whom. It takes more effort to lie than it is to tell the truth. And Aiken was found out. His disobedience, his lies, his deceit were uncovered. And the punishment decreed was death. The whole camp of Israel were to witness it. And after his execution, a huge pile of stones was built up over his body. That's the first pile of stones. A huge pile of stone was built up over his body. His grave was to be a reminder to Israel that trying to hide from God is impossible. Lying to God is a serious thing. Every time the people saw this pile of stones, they were to remember Achan and his disobedience and his de de deception. That was a tough thing for the people. A tough thing for Joshua to witness, to have to, to carry out. But things were about to change. And at this point, we learned something amazing about God. You see, God could have done exactly what Jer Joshua said. He could have abandoned the people. After all, they'd been disobedient. He could have left them to their fate. Although it was only one man who had been disobedient, the whole uh, group of people were implicated. But why didn't he? Why didn't God abandon them? Why? Because he's a God of grace. And that's the flip side to this pile of stones, as it were. He's a God of grace. You see, God in his kindness and his mercy gives Joshua and the people the opportunity for a fresh start, for a new start. I'm going to quote another American now, Henry Ford. Remember the guy who built Ford motor cars? Any color you want, as long as it's black. Henry Ford said that a mistake is an opportunity to begin, begin again more intelligently. I'll say that again. A mistake is an opportunity to begin again more intelligently. And that's exactly what happened here. God gave them an opportunity to begin again more intelligently. And that's what happens with us. God, in his mercy, gives us the opportunity to start again, to move on with him with fresh intelligence, with better intelligence. So the pile of stones was not only to remind them of God's punishment of disobedience, but perhaps more importantly, it reminds them and us of God's infinite mercy, his infinite grace, his kindness in giving us 
an opportunity to start again. And so the next part of the story, we see Joshua learning some of what he's learned, what he's been taught by God through his experience and regaining the lost ground. Joshua and the people had made mistakes, but God gives them a fresh start. And God says, the first thing that God says to him is this, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. Now, that might sound a bit odd in one sense. You think, well, why is God saying that to him? Well, because of what Joshua had said, because of what had happened in the camp. There was going to be a bit of instability. Don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. Do you know, I found that the other week, I never realised this before, but somebody's said, somebody's calculated that 365 times in the Bible, God or Jesus says, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. 365 times. You worked it out, haven't you? One for every day of the year. Now, why does God do that? Why does God tell us so many times, don't be afraid? Because he knows our condition. He knows how anxious we get. How quickly we're destabilized. Don't be afraid, he says. Take the whole army with you and go up and attack AI because I've given it into your hands. The king, his people, the city, and the land. And God gave them a plan. Quite a straightforward plan, but it hinged on them doing something according to his command. It hinged on them living by faith, not by fear. This time, the whole army was to be involved. And what they did was this. That a large part of the army went to the north of the city. And they were to be ambushed. They were the ambush. And so they went under cover of darkness up to the north of the city. And a smaller group were to approach from the front. And that's what happened. That morning, a small group of soldiers started to advance towards the front of AI. People of AI saw them come in and thought, right, okay, come on, we'll have some more of this now. We'll sort these lot out again. And off they went. And the army, the Israelite army, retreated. They ran away, just as they'd done before. They ran away, and they, the guys from AI said, come on, let's, let's finish this lot off. And so they ran uh, after them, running. Uh, they thought they were running scared. But as they were running away, in through the back door, came the ambush. And we read that the whole of AI was destroyed. Completely destroyed. Once again, God had orchestrated a great victory, this time out of defeat. Now, the following day, the people went on a walk. They walked for about 30 miles to a place called Shechem. And that's a place that's located in a beautiful valley, which was about two miles wide. So it's a pretty big valley. Imagine the sort of Scottish glens sort of thing, a big valley. On one side of the valley is a mountain called Mount uh, Ebel, very rugged and rocky mountain. And on the other side of the valley is a mountain called Mount Gerizim, which was a tree-covered uh, valley, wood beautiful valley. And they came to a stop between these two mountains, and they built an altar, the second pile of stones. Not an altar like one of these wooden ones. This is a pile of stones put together 
form an altar. They built an altar, another pile of stones. And uh, the people were split into two groups. Half of them stood on the bank, uh, on the slopes, not the banks, slopes of Mount Ebal, and the other half stood on the slopes of Mount Gerizim. So they were looking down at Joshua with this big pile of stones, this, this altar. And here they offered sacrifices to God as a sign of their thankfulness to him for the victory. You see, Joshua was learning. He takes time out after the victory, not to thank his generals, not to thank his captains and his soldiers, but to lead the people in thanking God, who ultimately had given them the city. Saying thank you is something that we teach our children, isn't it? And sometimes we've got to learn to say it ourselves too, haven't we? Thank you to God. Thank God for his provision for us, his kindness to us, and so on. But only was there a time of worship and thanksgiving, there was a time for renewing their commitment. Joshua took the law of God and he read it out. And as he read each bit out, the people all shouted, Amen. And we know what Amen means, don't we? So be it. So be it. They were agreeing to what God had said. Amen. Can you imagine how powerful that must have been? Yeah? Just imagine how powerful. Thousands of people all shouting out, Amen! To God's law. How much this would have been imprinted on the collective memory of the people. They'd had the memory of Achan and the pile of stones back down the road. And now they had the memory of this pile of stones. And the reminder of God's goodness and their commitment to him so here we have these two piles of stones reminder of god's kindness and his grace and another set that remind us of uh, to remind us of how great god is how much he loved his people he loves his people it's not a past tense it's a present tense and a future tense how much he cares for his people, and so on. You see, some will read this chapter and see, see the regained ground as that which was overtaken at Ai. But the real regained ground was the renewed commitment and a renewed understanding of who God is. A fresh realization that God is a God of grace who time and time again gives us opportunity to begin more intelligently as we seek to follow him day by day. Now, as I was preparing this, I've got to be honest, I couldn't help but think about what was happening in this same area of land this week. And I want us to take some time out just to pray uh, about uh, what's happening in Israel and Gaza and the West Bank. And uh, I'm going to use a prayer that's been written by Justin Welby. Some of you may have seen it or heard it. Uh, I'm going to pray together and then I'm going to just talk about a little, another little pile of stones that I've got down the front here. Let's just pray together, shall we? <clears throat> God of compassion and justice, we cry out to you for all who suffer in the Holy Land today, for your precious children 
Israelis and Palestinians, traumatized and in fear for their lives, for the families of the bereaved, for those who have seen images they will never forget, for those anxiously waiting for news, despairing with each passing day, for young men and women heading into combat, bearing the burden of what others have done and what they will be asked to do. For civilians in Israel, Gaza and the West Bank, that they would be protected and that life, every life, would count and be cherished and remembered. For the wounded and those facing a lifetime of scars, for those desperately seeking medical treatment where there is none. For medical and emergency personnel risking their own lives to save lives of others. For those who cannot see anything but rage and violence. That you would surprise them with mercy and turn their hearts towards kindness for their fellow human beings. For people of peace, whose imagination is large enough to conceive of a different way, that they may speak and act and, and be heard. Mighty and caring God, you promise that one day swords will be beaten into plowshares. Meet us in our distress and bring peace upon this troubled land. Amen. Now, we've got some stones here. They're not big stones. Um, they look like uh, bonbons. Remember those things with covered in icing sugar with toffee in the middle? Oh, yes. But don't put these in your mouth, okay? <laughs> they're, they're liable to take your teeth out. <laughs> But we've got some stones. You might want to take one. I'm going to just put them back by the by there. You might want to take one and carry it in your pocket this week. Okay? They're small enough to carry in your pocket. Just one. Uh, to carry in your pocket this week. Just like the two piles of stones were stones of remembrance. This is a stone of remembrance. Okay? This little stone in your pocket is a stone of remembrance. I don't know what you want to remember. I'm not going to prescribe it to you. You might want to remember the kindness of God that allows you to start intelligently. Every day, perhaps. Every moment of every day. You might want to remember to be thankful to God to something, for something. Something that he's done for you. Or is doing for you. You might want to pray for a particular person who's on your mind. This is a good way of remembering to pray for them. When you put your hand in your pocket to get your keys, there's the stone. You might also want to remember to pray for others, particularly those caught up in the conflict in the Holy Land. Whatever it is, I invite you. Just come forward and take a, take a stone, not drop it, take a stone and uh, think about it, spend a few minutes 
just thinking about it uh, and then put it in your pocket. Not to forget, but to remember. Okay. And I'm going to hand back to you, Charlene, yeah? Thank you very much. My stone, I'm going to put that back in my pocket. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not going to say any more than that because I don't want to be prescriptive either. Um, we're just going to have a little bit of music playing in the background, um, five or so minutes. Come and take a stone if you'd like to spend some time either in personal prayer, group conversation, whatever you want. I don't want to detract from any more that Paul said. just encourage you to start bringing these conversations to a close and I'll invite the band back up please thank you very much
Thank you all for this evening. Uh, a couple of notices to share with you. 
Um, there's a prayer and care day at St Nick's this Saturday morning, um, quarter past nine till two. Um, it's a great opportunity, it's a missionary event to come together and look at prayer and worship, how that links, what it means to us and yeah, there's lunch provided. If you'd like to go to that, uh, come just drop email uh, um, drop an email to Joanne because uh, we just have to book spaces for lunch. <clears throat> also, I need to give you notice that on 29th of October, there's no 6.30 praise because it is All Souls service here. So you're more than welcome to come to All Souls, just come knowing that it's All Souls, not, not 6.30. Uh, inspired, I've not heard that tickets have sold out yet, so I'll keep promoting it. Inspired by Ryland Lights is on the 18th of November at St Nick's. Um, there's various posters around uh, that you can get information about getting tickets from, but that should be a great evening. And I think that's all that I need to share here, really. Hmm. Actually, no, if another... The Advent course for the mission area is going to look it's titled Ask, Seek, Knock, and it is looking at what is church, what is worship, what is prayer, and what is discipleship. There's going to be various um, small groups that are formed during that time. If you're part of a home group, the thought is that they will, it will run there, but just get yourself booked in. There's going to be Monday evenings, Wednesday evenings, Thursday afternoons and home groups, but it is going to be great. Uh, it's going to link in with a sermon series across the mission area, actually. So the thought is that you'll go to the small groups, have a little thought on a ponder, and then it will link into the um, sermons for, for Advent. So that's really exciting. That is notices. Let's go back to tonight. Take your stones with you your memory stones, remembrance stones, whatever you want to, to think of. Keep them with you this week and beyond. And just, yeah, whatever you're taking from this evening. I've got so many notes that I've written. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I live by faith, not fear. So much. So we close in prayer. Father God, we thank you for bringing us all together today to worship your name in this place. Thank you for all you have blessed us with and for all you continue to provide us with. Help us focus to remain on you as we go about this coming week. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you. Go well, everyone. <laughs>